Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Strugglehood podcast. I sat down last night at like eight o'clock, same time as today to record this, edit it and have it dropped for today, Wednesday. Unfortunately, the second I ended the recording, it didn't actually save anything. Um, So the entire hour long podcast that my husband and I recorded was useless because it didn't actually record a second a second of it i saw fucking red i almost blacked out the second i realized that i was like i didn't press record i i got distracted on a new thing that i was trying and i didn't press record um so i had to do it all over again and that's why it's dropping super late tonight and i'm so sorry that's coming late but we're gonna try it again i'm gonna make sure i'm hitting record this time and I'm not even going to try to go through the shit that we talked about last night because it's not it's not fun. It's not fresh at this point. Um, The reactions aren't going to be as great. And I'm pissed because like that was a really, really, really funny and good episode for why for nothing. So let's give this another go. Strap in. The struggle bus is taking off. This is the Strugglehood podcast. Thanks for listening. hear that i heard it and i got a pop-up okay my god okay take two let's fucking do this i was so mad i just did the intro so i kind of told everybody what happened but yeah let's just say it was so good let's just say when we when you like when i hung up the meeting and i saw that it didn't prompt like confirm where to save the audio downloading the audio now I literally like went ghost white. I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding my life right right now. So bad. You know, I've been there. Sucks. I know. I think, For anybody who doesn't know, hold on. I want to tell people you have a podcast. So like you've been through this probably what, 20 times? Yeah, I was going to say, wasn't there a time where I had to re-record two times? So for a total of three yeah and like i'm not even gonna try to cover the material that we did last night because it's not even authentic at this point the stuff that we talked about i'm sure will come up in conversation at other points in time but big mad that was going to be one of the best episodes i was going to pull so many clips to share for like social media on there ruined absolutely ruined laughs i was i i don't think i've laughed that hard yet on this podcast (laughs) So bumma well, in the summer. We're gonna restart it, retry it. Hello, hi, welcome. Hello. I'm glad to be back. Yeah, you recorded last night. You're recording tonight with me. Thank you for saving my life. And now you're also recording tomorrow for your podcast. <laughs> no big deal. It's fun. I saw fun what last is, night. Should we plug your podcast for anybody who might be interested? I'll I'll give the, the name of it, but I really don't think that our audience our, our audiences mix in any way but my podcast is called records of the republic and it is a star wars podcast that me and my two friends do every week um and we dive into all of it so if you like star wars check it out if not don't don't waste your time yeah um don't listen to it probably won't ever listen to it so sorry i love you but probably won't (laughs) 
I don't blame you. I support you in your endeavors to be a podcaster, but because you've always supported my dreams, but I'm not about the, I'm not about to, I'm not about to listen. I don't know that I want you to see that side of me because it is way more nerdy than I think you think it is. Yeah. Well, like I said, probably not going to (laughs) listen. Of the three of us, I would say I am the least nerdy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, probably. I mean, there, I know that you don't know. There's nothing yeah. for you to add to that. It's just a note. <laughs> yeah. Well, any hoozles. Today we are doing Reddit stories. We went off on some tangents last night. I'm hoping to keep us to an hour. But giddy up. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay. Um, you want me to start? Yeah. The first story comes from the subreddit Momit. Um, and it says, rant. Annoyed that I wasted my pregnancy worried about baby registries and what fruit the baby resembled when I should have been learning a million other things. My baby is six months old, just reflecting on how ridiculous it is that new parents-to-be are inundated in our capitalist culture with what to buy for the registries when there is so much other stuff to learn. For instance, postpartum care, lactation consultants, uh, consultations, potential tongue ties. Um, She like, okay, this is why I'm tripping up. This is the second time trying to read this. She wrote the same thing twice, so like, Mm. I'm just going to skip ahead a little bit. Um, <laughs> uh, for mo- uh, whatever. I took several classes on postpartum care and breastfeeding and baby care beforehand, but it was still wildly unprepared. Why didn't my husband and I discuss what we would do if little one had a tongue tie or if we had difficulty breastfeeding? Why didn't we do more research and research and choosing a pediatrician that aligned with our values? Why didn't we learn more about breastfeeding and how to pump in when, if needed? Now baby is headed into eating solids and before long, it'll be baby proofing, crawling, walking, preschool. I'm kind of annoyed at that. All this free time I had pre-baby was essentially wasted. Now that I have no free time, I feel um, like I need to do a a crash course with every new milestone. Anyone else, what did do you wish you had known before? Um, It focused on instead of buying a stroller, figuring out what stroller to buy. Oh my God, that was so hard to read. I'm very sorry for anyone who's listening to this and hates me right now. I think it's still pretty easy to understand. TLDR, there's shit that people like, oh, you're going to put this on your registry. You're going to put this on your registry. Okay, but A, why? B, this stuff isn't what you necessarily need to know about. It's like how to basically keep a human alive through each stage. And I really think it's true, right? And I've said this before in regards to the older two being eight and nine now. They only give you the information you need to know probably that will get you through like the first six months and then from there they're like good luck be well wish you well and it is annoying because now that we're in stages obviously like once you get pregnant there's only nine months to cram shit in and people are in like the halo golden hour of oh my god i'm expecting a baby and like it flies by whatever but there is no preparation for the later stages in life right like i don't fucking know how to parent an eight nine year old and it's only going to get progressively worse and i've said this on here before i did not have a good example of how parents should be this point like eight nine and on i didn't have a good example because my parents were my parents and not the best and that's all i'm going to say on that for now um But like, it is true, like, especially with your first baby, I remember being like, what the hell do I put on this registry 
this one looks good, but like it's cheap. So like, is that not good? Because ever like there's, especially on TikTok, there's this whole culture of if it's not aesthetically pleasing and not over an X amount of dollars, don't buy it. You know what I mean? Like there are people who literally decorate their house in <laughs> beige tones. What is that? What is that guy? The Povo guy on TikTok who goes, Oh, on today's episode name. of Amrichio yeah. On today's episode yeah, of Amrichio Um, he, he like when we he when he's reviewing videos and he's like talking about the aesthetics and like how rich people have like clean white everything, all monotone, like there's no life to their space. What does he call them? Sad beige people. Oh, I don't know. I have a question though: Is he actually rich, or is he just like? I think he's probably rich now from making money off of his video. Not rich, but like I'm sure he makes money off of his videos. But the first time I came across his videos where he goes on today's episode of I'm Rich Paul on why you should be stacking your yogurts to look like a certain way. It was so funny, dude. He's the best. It's funny. I love him. But it's so true. Like people tell you, oh, you have to get this. Like the Docatot never had one. Am I lame for not having one? I don't fucking know. Those things are like $400. Or something like that is four hundred dollars, and I'm like, no, I need gas in my car before I need to buy the most expensive piece of registry or a piece of baby stuff to put on my registry. You know yeah, what I mean? I mean, I, I think that we live in a society that makes you feel like you need to know everything about everything, and if you're not spending all this money to have the best stuff because that's what you owe your kid. It's, it's two things that I just really don't like. Like, you don't need to know everything about everything. You Sure, you, you should spend some time trying to figure out the, the basics, how to keep the kid alive, what to do, what not to do, how to, like, baby Heimlich. You know, those are things that, that you should know. Um, right. Why didn't we take a CPR fucking course? I mean, we did stuff. Like, it's not like we just sat on our hands the whole time you were pregnant. And for you, it was also your third kid. Um, just because it's my third child though does not mean I know everything and I'm so sick of parents who have multiples who think they know everything under the sun because our child is not the same as the next child and I think that's what's hard about parenting and especially when you're pregnant there's no right or one right way to do things for example nobody would know this story because it never recorded last night but we recorded where you, the post was about this guy who basically left his kid in the crib for five hours screaming multiple days in a row would prevent his wife from stepping in and intervening and comforting the child. And she more or less was asking like, should I call the cops on my husband? It's stuff like, like sleep training, when to go, like when to put you, everything is also subjective, right? Like Charlie went down in her crib. She Lash right under the sleep training thing fairly easy i think we started doing that around like what three months pretty much yeah she caught on very quickly we're like zachary he had trouble sleeping forever so the books can tell me step-by-step instructions it doesn't mean it's gonna work and i think that's also another thing that people especially new parents don't understand is you can read all of the text you can take all of the classes it still might not work for you in your household and your children. Like that doesn't that's mean don't do the research, but well, that's my point. Like you, and that's what I mean when I say that this was your third, you know, the bait, like, you know how to keep a kid alive. Everything after that is going to be different. It's going to be dependent on the kid. 
But also it's so true what she's saying. Everybody hyper focuses on the products and not the mm-hmm. knowledge. For sure. And that is a problem. For sure. Why is why is it a good product? Like why why do you need to invest this much money over here? Like we didn't really do much, like we didn't spend a ton of money on stuff, but when we did, it was for good reason. Like the car seat spent a lot of money on that but that i don't think i've very, ever bought very... a more expensive car seat ever between the three kids but that one will last her till Worth she's it. i don't even know how old and it will keep her safe yeah there is a lot of controversy over that car seat but i've had i've watched reviews from several car seat experts um and it's like it's actually a highly rated car seat i would even if it wasn't the, the top rated car seat what? I would assume the controversy comes from people that don't install it the right way. Or well, the controversy comes it. because there was one article where they had the car seat swiveled so it wasn't in a locked position and the person got no right. car accident and it flew through the front of the car. And it's like, okay, yeah, if you're not using it correctly, I can see why that right. would happen. That's... So their argument Absolutely. was the baby's going to come flying out of the car seat into the front windshield. No. If you have it properly installed, that won't happen. It's Honestly, that feels like the safest car seat I've ever purchased, to be quite honest with you. That's like that's like trying to install a doorknob, not screwing the screws in, and wondering why it doesn't work or it comes <laughs> out. Or wondering how a burglar got in. Well, I just had to jiggle your knob. Yeah, that's so <laughs> that stupid. sounds so bad. <laughs> <laughs> had to jiggle your knob. Um, going back to like the registry, though, were there things that I that you wanted? I already know there's one, the diaper genie. And I caved and said, okay, fine, we'll get it. It's your first baby if you and want right. it. Because we were upstairs, but we didn't use it. Once we were like, she was move, like moving around and we were changing her downstairs more, we didn't use it. That thing yeah, sat I, chock full for months. Nah. Yes, yes, huh? Nah. It was very worth it, though. I'm so glad we had it. Those it late night diaper it's, changes. It's very gimmicky, though. It's very gimmicky. Is that not the right word? Credit. Okay. Just, it, I think I think it's the right word. Just give me credit. All right. No, I mean I I had one when Skylar was born because I was like, oh, I have to have this. This is what the people are telling me. I need to have it. But in actuality, no. Just put it in the trash. You're changing your trash like every other day anyway. So we could be like what we do and put Charlie's in a Walmart bag and toss it out into the um, garbage barrel. But there are things like I see TikToks all the time of people who are like, you must have this, and it's like. Mm, must you though because i would and especially when it comes to breastfeeding there's a lot of misinformation or misunderstanding about breastfeeding it took me to till my third child to understand that there were different flange sizes for different nipples like it's not a universal nipple thing that makes the most sense sense to me took me three kids to figure that out yeah yeah bad 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 vibes um were there was there anything that we didn't get that you wanted um i'm sh- not off the top of my head i'm sure there were things that like i wanted that we ended up getting but maybe a different style because maybe you didn't like the style that i wanted but i don't remember anything off the top of my head i well, remember like there Star were a Wars? couple diaper bags that i thought were cool but we ended up getting a different one and it, it was fine but no, not Star Wars. I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to give you want like stuff straight it, up cartoon Mickey Mouse stuff. Yeah, I would. I would definitely. I would definitely still pick out Mickey Mouse or Minnie Mouse stuff for her. 
I went with like a theme and I wanted it to look cute, but that doesn't mean I'm not buying colored toys and I'm not buying like the Tyson slide that Charlie has is red and blue. Does it fit the yeah. vibe of her room? No, but who freaking cares? If I wanted to, I could spray paint it, but I'm not going to because I'm lazy as hell. I always wanted to get her one of the, um, the, you know, the little people toys, her bus that she has. Oh my God. I love her playing with her bus. I um, always wanted to get her the one that they made from the office. I don't think I know what that one that is. Yeah, I added it to one of our registries, but it's just some characters from the office and I think a little office scene. I should do like, I should have people submit <laughs> like screenshots of stuff that their husbands or their partners pick out for like registry items because you picked out stuff that i i'm sad that i haven't like i I didn't buy it and i i'm gonna try to see if we can find like t-shirts with these themes but like the do you remember the disney onesies that you picked out some of them yeah like that's not stuff that i would put on a registry because the thing about clothes and registry you should never put clothes on a registry because a people aren't gonna buy what you put on. okay i'm going off in too many directions people are gonna buy clothes (laughs) that they think is cute that's not on your registry Bringing me, bringing me to my next gripe. Hardly anybody I feel like looks at the damn registry anyways. I try to be somebody who buys like one cute thing that I think that they is useful that, you know, even if it's not right away, I try to think like long-term like toddler years, one year, like when they turn a year, when they can start eating that kind of stuff. But I always try to get at least like two or two or three things off their registry because they made a registry for a reason. Like they took the time to do that, but it is astonishing how many people don't actually buy anything off a registry for people? Like, what is the actual point? I think it's probably a nostalgic thing for people. Like they buy things that they liked when they were having their kids or something they had when they were a kid that they were, that they liked. So I think that's probably a big reason. I mean, I will say our friends definitely got a bulk of stuff off of our registry, but I was also like, What's on my registry is the only thing I need. I'm going to get stuff that I want. So don't worry about it. And also like, it's okay. I knew my friends were going to get like a bunch of clothes and like stuff that they thought that were cute. That was fine. But I expressed hard. I'm like, I'm worried. I'm not going to get anything off my registry because that's the essential stuff that we need. So if you're wanting to buy me anything, which you don't have to, please buy it off the registry. And I was, I was surprised. I think we got about like 30% of our stuff off the registry, which was nice. I think we had everything that we ended up needing. I think there was one or two things that we had to buy. It wasn't crazy. Like we got a few big items that ended up like her jumper that she ended up using eventually when she got old enough. Um, But like the essentials that you need, like straight up, like out of the hospital, feeding, diapering stuff, and like some stuff to help mom. I really feel like that's the base of it because you're going to have so many clothes. You're not, your baby's not even aware like half of them. I was doing like six outfit changes a day for Skylar when she was born. I got her whole nursery was filled to the brim. And I don't like, and I have a problem where if the kids don't utilize something more than once, I feel like trash about it. Like, Oh, this person took their time and and hard earned money to buy me this. And my child only wore it once. How sad. Yeah, I get it. You know what I mean? Registries, I don't know. I honestly, I I think it's more essential for like the immediate family. So like when our kids start having kids, if they decide that they want kids, 
which I really hope they do because I would love to be a grandmother. Not now, of course, but eventually. Um, like I would ask that the kids put together a list of essential items um, or even like the big ticket items because I'm fully anticipating on being the one to buy a lot of that stuff just because I am hoping that I'll have the luxury to do that where like my family wasn't really able to do that for me. Like, oh, if my kid wants a glider for their, I never had a glider in a nursery. Do I need that? Absolutely not. But I always wanted one. And so like, if my kids want a glider for their kids' nursery later on in life or like a couch or something comfy, cozy to sit in, well, I'm going to buy that for them. So I know what a glider is, but maybe some people listening don't. I definitely do. But could you tell everybody what a glider is? Why are you saying it like that? Because I have no idea what a glider is. <laughs> oh, you don't? I have no idea what that is, no. Um, a glider is like the rocking chair with like the footstool that glides when you oh, oh, oh when you rock. Oh, oh. It's like a rocking chair. Yeah, yeah. I know what that is. Like I wanted a chair. I wanted like a cute little setup. But again, people put shit on a registry or create registries based on aesthetics and then it doesn't end up going that way. Like I know of someone, and I'm not going to say who, who requested that people only buy things in certain color tones. That's weird to me. I, I get, but also it's like, I get it. You want certain things, but also if you're having people buy stuff for you, eh, I don't know. It's, it gets very muddy, but yeah, that I just thought that was a fun, like little topic of discussion because it definitely is one of those things where I feel like people are very gung ho on it and people are, there's other people who are like, not about it. It's very interesting to me because I'm learning a lot here. I did not know that there were these types of rules for registries. That's because you're the man. There's not I guess rule. So. There's not rule. I don't. I wouldn't say there's like baby registry etiquette necessarily. You're supposed to just put on. Like when I did it for Skylar, I didn't do one for Zachary because that was like a very sad situation. But um, for Skylar, I was like, I remember sitting in Vicky's living room doing it and. Like, I was like, what do I put on there? And she's like, whatever you want. Like, just whatever you think you would want. And I'm like, what? I And it took me a long time to do that. And then even for Charlie, I think it took me a little while to figure out which direction I wanted to go with some of it. Because I was trying to be practical with, like, cost-wise. Because I was, like, very anxious for some reason about people buying stuff. Because the other thing of it is, this is where, like, the etiquettes and rules kind of get murky, right? You're, there are so many people out there who think you should have one baby shower to, regardless of how many kids you have. And then there are people who are like, okay, one baby shower for your first child to get like all the basic, like big essentials. And then like, you're supposed to pass it down, whatever. And like, you can do like a very little, barely cel celebratory sprinkle for your next children. And then there are people who are like, you should have a baby shower for every child that you have. And I want to know what you think about that. Just hearing this for the first time. I mean, I, I would fall into the camp of a baby shower for every kid. I don't, I don't know why not, right? Like, it, it's, Well, I'll tell yeah, you why not. People gripe about the cost of things. You're asking people to buy you shit for every child that you have. And, it, and then it circles back to... Well, you just had a child two years ago. Where's all that stuff? You just had a child one year ago. Where's all that stuff? You just had a child five years ago. Where's all that stuff? And so it's like, but to I don't care. I would love if my kid, if my friend had 10 kids, I'm go, I'm going to get them shit for every child. I don't care. Yeah. I get why it's not practical. 
practical for some people to, it's not affordable for a lot of people. And I totally understand that. Um, but I, I'm in the camp of, I will celebrate the baby every single time with a shower Yeah. or the re and it, a shower doesn't have to be some big elaborate photo op. It's just, right. Everyone's getting together, celebrating the mom to be the new baby. It's about celebrating the baby and having the thing like new things for the baby. It doesn't have to be new, but like go to a thrift store and buy some, you know, onesies that this new baby has never, nobody's ever worn before. Um, yes. Recycle some of your old stuff. Absolutely. They're like, especially if you're having kids close together, you don't need big ticket items every single shower, but I definitely, we don't even have to call it a shower. I definitely think there should be some sort of celebration for every child that's being there, but they're like, or coming into the world, but there are straight up so many people who are like, you deserve only one shower and no more. To those people, I would say, look, I want to, I want to have a party to celebrate this baby. This is an exciting thing. You don't have to show up with a thing if you don't want to. Just show up and celebrate. Like, yeah. If if I, I don't know. I, I think that that is. I don't know that I would want people at my shower that think like that because to me that indicates that they think that's all I'm doing it for is the gifts. Well, and I think historically that is the purpose of a shower is to be showered with it's gifts great. for the baby. But sure, it's unfortunate that some people are so strong or feel so strongly about one shower and that's all you get because you have instances like us where Charlie was yes, our third child, but it was your first child and you never experienced any of the celebration thing, any of the getting ready for the baby type things. You never experienced that because you were not there for Skylar and Zachary. Um, and so like doing it for you, but also it had been six and a half years since I had had a child and we had moved how many times during that I don't, we, I don't think we had any, uh, like we had no car seats. We had no, we had like no baby items outside of like the outfits that I saved from them. Right. And so like, we literally had to start over. So yeah. And I, again, I wasn't expecting anyone at the shower to give us anything. I was more than like, I even bought a lot of the big stuff ourselves because I felt like that's what I, I needed to do. Um, but yeah, it's registries come with so much to unpack. Honestly, I would be super pissed if I was wanting to have a baby shower and somebody was like, why are you doing this? You already had one. There are people like that. Mind your, mind your business. You know, don't come. If yeah. you're, if you're against it, don't come. I'm just all about celebrating everything small, big yeah, it was and fun. in between. We had so much fun. I loved it. It was so cute. It was a little sweet, little peach theme. I loved it. Our friends did such a good job. I know they really did. I'm very thankful because they really show up. I'm so glad I have a friend group. We have a friend group where they show up. Definitely. Definitely. Anyways, we spent far too long on that one. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Your turn. Okay. Um, I'm going to give you a choice. Do you want the funny one or funny? Do you want... funny. Okay. All right. All right. Funny or what rage? Um, no, it's more of a, it's, it's a parenting one. I don't know. So, hit me with funny. So both of the, both of the ones that I want to share tonight are from r slash parenting. Okay. This one is just funny. Okay. Um, my 10 year old daughter is always farting and does it in front <laughs> of people. <laughs> I okay. found this one earlier and I was worried you were going to see me giggling over on the other side of the couch and wondering what was going on. I was going to have to be like, I can't tell you, you have to wait. 
I feel like I was in a trance this morning because I don't even remember it. I don't even remember this morning. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it says, I'm not trying to complain or make a big deal about it, but my <laughs> 10-year-old daughter is always farting. <laughs> like I said, I'm not trying to make a big deal about it, but she's my only child. It's almost like she's purposely farting in front of others. The other day we went to Walmart and she literally started farting up a storm. A woman started looking at us thinking she's crazy and that I'm a bad parent. She's Another incident, was, <laughs> another <laughs> incident was when we were at the movies and she let one rip. <laughs> all caps. <laughs> it was really loud and it smelled really bad. A couple people looked at us and started shaking their heads. Oh I feel God. like I've done something wrong. I have told my daughter many times to leave the room when she has to fart or to say, excuse me. <laughs> I have even told her not to fart in front of people because it's rude. I don't know why it's difficult for her not to fart in front of others or say, excuse me. She never goes to the bathroom to fart. I feel like I'm not doing a good job as a mother and I feel hopeless. <laughs> it must be so bad for her to be posting on Reddit and for her to be feeling like she's failing as a mother what is and this hopeless. child eating yeah the fact that you're feeling hopeless because your kid's tootin is i'm sorry i that's really i that's not <laughs> that's not kosher i'm sorry it's gotta be bad i'm laughing because it's like i personally don't give a i mean if someone's like shit in their pants actually like shit's coming out of their butthole and they're shitting themselves okay that's a problem I don't know. I like. I don't think it's funny when like adults be tooting up storms because I'm like, oh my god, that's just because that's like a whole different story to yeah. me. I think it's hilarious when our kids like let toots out. <laughs> Zach, Zach, will gas us out. Zach's will like. I feel like he clenches his cheeks and like it slips out, <laughs> and he thinks it's the funniest thing. Yeah. It is funny. I mean, it's shit particles, so it's not funny, and it's it is kind of gross. I don't Farts personally care, but like, I would rather die of a massive stomach ache than let a toot out at work or like in public. Like, yeah, I've fucking crop dusted in the aisle before, whatever. I don't care, but like, Absolutely. I'm not gonna do it with people around. Is that like a etiquette thing? Is that is that like an older generation? expectation like oh it's disgusting to ever to don't ever let don't ever let people to i have an ex-family member who straight up thought women specifically should not poop or fart you have to tell me who that was off air i've told you who it was before i don't remember he's a freak of nature and he was serious about it i believe it spooky um, scary i have a reason for sharing this one though because Aside from that, it's funny. Yeah. So I was looking through the comments yes. just because, like, I'm wondering. There's 216 comments on this post. And I'm like, there what is. People possibly, what do people possibly have to say here? People are chiming Besides, like, in. LOL or something. <laughs> yeah. Um. So a PSA, like sometimes this stuff can actually mean something. So the top comment says, "This is how my mom found out I was mildly lactose intolerant." Yeah, well, so there's, like, that's what I'm saying. That why is sister so gaseous? Right, like there could be something going on here. Like she thinks she's failing mm -hmm. as a mother. Take her to the doctor. <laughs> Do you know how hard it would be for me to keep a straight face and be like, Doc, I'm sorry. Something's wrong. She won't stop tooting. <laughs> you know what I would do? What? I would, I'd be like, hey, Doc, I could tell you why we're here, but just stand in here for five minutes and you'll find out. 
and just bank on the kids needing to fart. <laughs> I mean, I'm so proud of that little girl for not being embarrassed by like a human bodily function. Like, quite honestly, if she's not bothered by it, good for her. She's growing up in a great household, honestly. You know what? I'm sure it does bother her, though. Like, at school. You don't think she's trying to hold it at school? I don't know. Who cares? Rip in the classroom. Whatever. If it was a problem, the teacher would be writing in saying, Dear Slim. It's true. It's true. Your kid be too in. (coughs) That kind of makes me feel like maybe it's the kid doing it on purpose to try to get under the mom's skin. Like, she can, some people can fart on command. Zach forces his right out of his butthole. He tries to. (laughs) One day he's going to shit himself. Well, you're going to know when that happens because he's not going to laugh. He's going to be like, oh my gosh. (laughs) He's going to be very yeah. quiet. He barks up a storm when he toots. It's funny. I think little baby toots are so funny. When Charlie does it, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, she'll look over her shoulder at you like, oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Don't um, laugh at me. <laughs> this is, this kind of circles back to the one that I read where, um, like, people, like, this is the parenting stuff that nobody tells you about. Nobody's going to ever prepare you for your kid to be tooting too much. And it, It's funny that she's 10 because <laughs> at that age, they know what they're like. You can't hide it. They know that they're getting to you. I want to know if this started at a certain point. Like I'm kind of invested in knowing like what's going on because I wonder if it started at a certain point, if she's been like this since the womb. Do babies fart in wombs? Let's see. Also, uh, why is I, it called farting? Know. Where'd that word originate? You're thinking of some good questions. This is what happens. People talk about stuff and in my mind, this is, I, I'm going to end up Googling this later when we get in bed. You already know it. All right. So I'm trying to find comments from OP. Yeah. I don't think we're getting any more information out of them because somebody, uh, the lactose intolerant thing, she comments back and goes, really? Never thought farting was part of that. And then somebody goes, overly frequent flatulence can be, say that fast, geez. Um, can be a symptom of many gastrointestinal issues, including mm-hmm. lac- lactose intolerance. And her response is, okay. Hmm. So I don't think we're, I'm scrolling through. I don't think we're going to get anything else. I mean, she doesn't have to provide anything. It's bold of her enough yeah. to put that on the internet. But yeah, that's going to be she's, getting my gears turning for a spot. while. Why wouldn't you call it gassing? Stop gassing. I don't know. I gotta look this up. The origin of the word farting. That's so funny to me. Do you do you prefer tooting or farting? Farting. Because you make fun of me when I say, oh my god, I tooted. I, I make fun of you because I think it's you you do that because you don't want to say the word fart. I think farting is an ugly word. It's like people get so triggered by the word moist. That doesn't bother me. Yeah. I don't farting know why does. that word of all words bothers people. Yeah, I don't know. That was that's funny though. That's funny because I think it's funny when the kids toot, so it wouldn't bother me. It I mean, is. if it's if it's funny. like every thirty seconds, every couple of minutes, like, yeah, we're going to the doctor. I'm gonna see what's going on with you. I'd be very concerned. But yes. yeah, that's funny. Um, do you want to read your second one, or do you want me to read my second one? Because we have about twenty minutes before I'm ready to log off this bitch. You do yours. Okay, so this one is kind of in line, like I said, with how I've been feeling in general lately. As the kids get older, I struggle with just feeling like not great in any area of my life. So this is coming off of the Momit subreddit, and it says, I feel like an absolute failure 
failure as a mother every single day. Um, and she says, someone told me once that only good mothers worry about being good mothers, but I feel like a failure every single day, no matter what I do, no matter how much I'm told otherwise by those around me, I'm always feeling like the worst mother ever and worry my kids are going to struggle because of me. I don't want to feel like this, but it's so hard. I have no idea what I'm doing. Does any parent really know what they're doing? I feel like a kid myself, but I'm 30 looking for an adult or adult to help me. Our society is terrible to mothers, especially working mothers. And I'm feeling really ter- terrible today. I think this is ironic because I'm about to be 30. And I also say constantly, and Rebecca gets so, like, she gives me the, are you, we're talking about this again. Because I'm like, I don't feel qualified <laughs> to be a mom to kids who are entering their preteen era. And again, I mentioned this already. I think it's because I just didn't have a good example of, like, I struggled so hard from, like, six years old and on there's so much i remember not feeling good about my entire childhood like until i turned 18 really and i i had people in my life who were good role models um specifically steve and stacy they were excellent role models for me i look up to them in parenting very very much um but I didn't get to witness them really be parents to teenagers, if that makes sense. Or um, like the older kids, because I mean, I was babysitting all the time. I babysat for them. So in a way I was like the caretaker when I wasn't. um, And when I wasn't with them, I was elsewhere, whatever. So I just, because of my experience being a kid and going through like very for the formative years of like the preteen and teenage years, I feel like I don't have a good compass on how to do it. I know what I don't want to do based on my experience, but circling it back to the first story, they don't have parenting books that teach you how to do this shit later in life. They don't teach you how, I mean, I know they have the chicken soup for the soul books and they have, I think books for parenting in all stages, but there's no obvious resources for it. And I feel like there's a lot of stuff on the internet that's very vague and not a lot of like relatable content. Um, And so it makes it really hard because there are so many days. I mean, I went to bed the other night crying because I'm like, I'm just failure. I literally suck as a person, as a parent. I'm too hard on them. I'm not giving them enough leeway. I'm stressed out. I'm, I have a short fuse. And you're like, I think you're a great mom. And I'm like, you're actually lying. I know it. That's how I felt. Well, I wasn't lying. I, I really do think that. I think that we don't, we both have our moments for sure. You know, mm-hmm. we yell sometimes too much. Um, but honestly, when I think about the upcoming years and as tough as they're going to be, I think, I think that we are ready to do it because I think about what I wanted when I was a teenager that I didn't really have. And that was somebody that would listen to me. Um, you know, let me have a voice and not steamroll me. Mm-hmm. I can do that. Right. Like I'm sure I'll fail at times and we'll get into situations where, you know, the kid feels one way and I feel another way. And I feel really, really strongly about my way. Um, and, you know, we butt heads I, I think that, I mean, honestly, one of the things that I've worked on a lot in therapy for the last couple of years is how to listen and listen to, not to respond, but listen to understand. 
and then respond. And I still fail. I mean, you of all people know that I don't always do that. And I don't always execute on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you can't expect to be perfect. And I think what makes you a good parent is that when you screw up, you own up to it and you, and you do what you can to make it right. You try to do better next time you address it. That's how kids learn. If you just say, all right, I'll try better next time. But you don't tell them that and you don't explain it. They don't know. Like that's not teaching them anything, but by breaking it down and explaining where you fell short, why you fell short, why it wasn't acceptable and what you're doing to try and fix it. You're teaching them how to communicate, how to work through conflict and, you know, that it is normal to not be perfect. We never had that. I know. And I, when my brother called me earlier, I definitely pretty much said all those same things. It's just, I know how, how fucked up I am as a human being on a daily basis, not in the same way every single day, but there are things that shaped me so much because of how my parents treated me that affect my day to day. Like I grew up in a household where yelling was how you got your point across. And so I oftentimes not, I feel like I've gotten much better about checking myself and learning to calm down and learning to take a deep breath before I start talking to the kids about things. Um, But like, for instance, when they're fighting and nitpicking and not leaving each other alone, or they're bugging the baby and the baby's like, "Eh," and like in protest, like she doesn't want to be bothered, but they're bothering her anyways. Or, you know, I ask them to do one thing and it's just a meltdown. It's, I feel like it's ingrained and wired in me to respond loudly in order to gain their attention, gain their, um, I hate to say it, but like kind of gain their respect of like, okay, you need to listen to me now. I've talked nicely to you. I've tried that route and it's not working. And I don't want to be a person who uses loudness as a way to control them. And I'm not, I'm not even trying to control them. I'm just trying to get them to communicate with me and they can't always do that. And that's another thing that's hard for me is, I was a child who wasn't allowed to communicate, who wasn't allowed to show I was upset because I would get my ass handed to me. If I so much as had any opposing opinion, words to say or anything, my dad would hit us. He would scream in our face. We'd be grounded and have to face the wall. If he found out we weren't facing the wall, we would get a spanking. My mom, I feel like just straight up never cared about anything I said. She would get in my face. She'd point her finger in my face and like, I started, you know, with her, I felt I could test her boundaries a lot, um, especially my teenage years. And I would fight back because I'm like, somebody's got to fucking listen to what I'm saying. Um, And I don't want them to feel like they can't. And so I try to really give them room to, okay, tell me what's wrong. Okay, calm down. Okay, let's talk about this normal. Do you need to take a break? Okay, let's do this. And those are things that I was never offered as a child. I was never offered any of that. So I feel like a lot of what I wish and how I could have expressed myself growing up, having the freedom to do that comes out a lot in how loud I get. I think sometimes they take me more seriously when I start they're like, Oh shit, mom's getting loud. I definitely think sometimes it works and it's necessary, but I mean, I went through a period of a couple of weeks. I feel like recently where I just felt like every day I was losing my shit every day. They weren't listening. Every day was hard. Every single day was hard. There was no breaks between it felt like, um, and I get overstimulated. I get overwhelmed. My nerves get shot. It's like I go from a quiet house. They get off the bus and it's like, boom, chaos. It's like a it's like a gas bomb just goes off. And it's just like everything is just super heightened. Everything's chaos. And it's so hard to handle. And I didn't have 
a good representation of how to handle that. And I feel like I'm not doing a good job showing them how to handle things that are going to be core things that they need to like have ingrained in them, if that makes sense. So there I'm, I said, I feel like I'm fucking them up. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, and I think they are going, no matter what we do, they are going to look back on certain things and blame whatever anxiety that they feel on us. And they're going to be right. Like that parents do that. It's, it's normal for parents to do that. I hate it. I hate thinking about that. I do too. I do too. But I, I just, I really, I think that I am hanging my hat on the idea that if I just try to teach them how to navigate some of these things, then I am doing most of my job. Obviously, the best way would be to not not act out in the first place, not yell at them. We but all have I'm we gonna... all have limits, and that's something that Rebecca teaches me. We all have limits yeah. before we can't stay calm anymore. Before we are pushed over the threshold, and there are times where I feel like I'm like I I give them the watermelon analogy, and I showed Zachary specifically him a video of a watermelon you put enough rubber bands around the watermelon it's going to crack under pressure and it's going to literally explode and so i gave him that visual because i'm like zachary this is what happens you add rubber bands onto my onto my stress level you keep poking you keep not listening you keep throwing tantrums you keep arguing you keep throwing fits you keep crying having outbursts it's going to build and build and build and accumulate and eventually i'm going to explode like a watermelon and it's hard because I don't want to explode. And I, I try to be realistic to, with myself and say, okay, you know, I had a, I had a good almost week where I kept things on, you know, cool. And I, I, I snapped and I'm very proud that the both of us really try to sit down with them and say, Hey, okay, I shouldn't have reacted like that. I'm sorry. Because I never got sorry from my parents. The one and only time that I remember my dad, I guess there's two different times. One was before my, my parents got divorced um, he came into the room when he thought I was sleeping. He was crying and told me he loved me and he's sorry. He didn't even know I was awake. I don't even know if he remembers that interaction. I definitely do. Um, and the other time was when he was divorcing. My mom came into the room and said and cried and told me he was sorry. Outside of that, I never got sorry from my dad. He doesn't admit that he does anything wrong. And that is one of the biggest reasons why I will probably never speak to him again is because he can't own up to his mistakes. So it's important for me and for you to have these conversations and have humility and tell the kids, yes, I was wrong. I should not have done that. I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings. Do you want to talk about it? Even in the moment, like I, sometimes we course correct. Um, and I like <clears throat> that our kids feel comfortable telling. Like the other day, Skylar was just making weird choices that she doesn't normally make. And she was acting up and... So I was getting on her, like telling her she needs to stop and, and, you know, telling her what you're doing is not acceptable. And she goes, I feel like you're just picking on me right now. Mm -hmm. I wasn't, um, at least I wasn't intending to, but I appreciated that she felt like she could say that to me because I couldn't have said that to my parents. And I know you couldn't have said that to your parents. Yeah. I definitely feel like we, you know, have created a space where they can mostly, come to us and tell us when they're upset. I mean, there's always room for improvement. And the bottom line is, I think as a parent, there's always room to get better if you want to. And 
I know it's going to take a few more generations for parenting in general to really be changed. It's just, it's hard when the biggest thing out there right now is the gentle parenting. And I feel like sometimes I compare myself to I'm not gentle parenting and I stress myself out with that because it's like, I feel like that's the new standard. That's what parents have to be. They have to gentle parent. And it's, it's hard when there's just so many external things that you're either comparing yourself to, or you're being influenced by this, or you have, um, I lost my train of thought, but anyways, I, I resonate with this story very much. I feel very sad, especially working parents where both parents work out of the household. I am blessed and fortunate that I have a job and that you have a job where we are able to connect more with our kids because I, I truly feel like if we both worked five days a week outside of the house and had to come home and rush to do, I, I don't think we would have the best relationship with our kids. I really don't. I feel like I wouldn't know them as well as I know them. I and that's agree sad. That, that's sure. sad to me. So like if you're a working parent outside of the home, especially like single parents, I'm not going to say just single moms because there are dads out there who are single, single dads. Um, it is an incredible strength you have to have to be a parent in general and to work your ass off and never be able to feel like you're getting ahead is one of the hardest feelings. And that's why I can have more empathy for my mom than my dad. I mean, I have empathy for both my parents. And I think I might have said this on the podcast before. Their level of parenting is down here compared to my level of parenting, which is up here. I'm not willing to let a bad day at work completely demolish my relationship with my kids. My dad worked two jobs, sometimes three. I absolutely understand how hard that was. He did not take the time to get to know me, my likes and my desires in life. He didn't know anything about me. My mom was a single mom who made shit money and struggled and was poor. And yes, she did her best in a lot of ways, but she fell short in very obvious ways that she could have made up for some of that other stuff. Just emotionally connecting with your kids, I think is the best thing that you can do when you don't have much else in your favor right now. And it's hard, especially like as they're going to be hitting the puberty stages shortly, I'm going to need help. No, that's going to be hard. I know. I agree with you. You know, connecting emotionally is probably the most important thing. And I look back on my childhood and I did have that, like I had that with my dad, Mm -hmm. but it didn't happen as much as it should have. No, but you, there was also a lot about your childhood that was painted in a certain light and come to find out it was just a, essentially a cover story. Like you thought everything was sunshines and and rainbows and going to Disneyland every year. And no, there was a lot of weird shady shit that eventually caught up to your, when you became an adult that you're like, oh, wow. And you, I feel like just recently you've stopped struggling with it as much. Yeah. I mean, I just, I think I had to take a couple of years to figure out a who I was mm-hmm. and then B what does my life look like without them? And now I'm in a spot where I'm trying to figure out how they fit into my life. And it's, it's kind of a conflict because how I'm wanting things is not how they're wanting things. They want it to be yeah. like how it was before. And I'm sorry. I just, you're not the same no. person as before and you understand things differently now. And so you're tolerating not like, I feel like you were tolerating things before just because there was no way to navigate it. And a lot of the stuff that like I was specifically pointing out to you about, Hey, 
you know, your mom's not really a great person. She's not like, this is what she's doing behind closed doors. And it took a while for you to see that, that she acted like that to other people throughout your entire upbringing. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's a hard pill to swallow when you think she's God's gift I had to, to earth. Figure out, I had to figure out my own moral compass and who I was because yeah. like when we first got together, I didn't have that. It was decided for me by other things, religion, her. So when I, when I broke from that, I went through a really, really difficult time and then caused you to go through a really difficult time. And it wasn't until um, like what halfway through our time at the last house that I think we, I settled down and figured out who I was and got to a good spot where I can look at something and say, I don't like that. I don't need to accept that. I'm not going to subject myself to it. Sorry. She is driving me crazy. (laughs) It doesn't. That's okay. Things, things that used to eat at me. Don't eat at me. I get mad, right? Like I get, I get angry at certain things that, um, that bother me, but they like, I'm not sitting there in bed losing sleep, uh, Mm -hmm. or, talking your ear off about it on it a lot of that stuff just rolls off i accept i accept people for who they are and the decisions they make and understand that they're not mine but that doesn't mean that i don't have to that doesn't mean i have to accept them and go along with them yeah it's hard because at some point our kids could end up having the same feelings towards us which will devastate me but i've already i've already you know, had this kind of conversation in a way that they can understand it. You know, if there's a, cause they, they know, you know, I don't talk to Nono. I don't talk to Nana. I don't involve myself with them. And they've, we've talked about it quite a few times. I feel like more so as they're getting older, but um, you know, I've told them if they're, if you grow up and you some, at some point don't want to talk to mommy anymore, I will be very sad, but I will have to respect those boundaries. And they're both like, it never happened. And I'm like, yeah, just wait, got to get through your teenage I think years that's first. Why it's not going to happen though. Like, I really think yeah. that that kind of respect that we give them is what we never got, which is why we don't have the relationship with our parents that they want or that most people have, or not maybe, I don't know most people, but that you want to have with your parents. Mm-hmm. I think that is why that won't happen. But I, I've had the same thought. Like, I accept that that is a possibility. And I accept that my relationship with them in the future may not be what I want it to be but I would rather have something than nothing. Yeah. So I'll well, accept whatever, whatever they need. Well, and to that point, you know, I, I truly feel like if you have a really great bond with your kid emotionally and you can just have fun with whatever your circumstances are, find a way to just make light of whatever predicament you're in the best you can. And I know it's, subjective there are people who are going through some really hard things but if you can just connect with your kid emotionally i feel like they're not going to notice anything else like if my if my mom and my dad really connected with me the way that i dedicate connecting with my kids i think i would just have a whole different outlook on a lot of things like i wouldn't have been yeah. so mad at the fact that you know i would have understood more that they work I would have understood more why we can't afford things. 
you know, I don't think I would have paid as close attention to it if I was able to just have fun with my parents and feel safe. I want my kids to feel safe with me. So I feel like if they feel safe, their emotional needs are met and their basic necessities, whether it's, you know, skim slim pickings in the cupboards, as long as they're fed, they're happy, they're, they got clothes, they're bathed. Everything else is just extra. And I feel like emo- when you take care of your kids emotionally, they will grow into whatever they're meant to be more easily. I mean, think about, think about our situations. We had different experiences. Our parents were, were different, mm-hmm. but the root of why we don't really have relationships with them is pretty much the same. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't have emotional or psychological safety. Um, I had physical needs met. Like I had, I never, I never, I had a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, you never, we you never wanted, wanted for much. Yeah. I had all of that stuff, but that's not what the kid needs. Kids want it. Like I, I want to be able to provide that stuff for, for our kids. Uh, yeah. I'm but I'm also very honest with them. Like, Hey dude, that, co- excuse me, that costs a lot of money. And unless you have a lot of money, we're not getting it right now. If, yeah. and when I ever have enough money to spare to be able to get that, I'll haul at you, but don't don't beg me for it. You're not going to beg me for it because it's not going to make it happen. I can't for make sure. money out of thin air, you know. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. How does it feel <clears throat> that when I was 12 years old, I was chatting with old men across the country, and you were studying the Bible? How does that feel? Man, I was playing video games, you know, doing 12 year old shit. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like anything. Like I, I don't. It's just interesting to me that I, that's I what think you were doing. I'm excited to do an episode on like, kind of talking like when I was 12. This is what I was doing. This is what you were doing. And kind of talk about like the experiences that we both have had because they've been yeah. wildly different. Um, and for people who don't know who have been listening, um, Kev was straight up on the path of being a traveling pastor. He was going to serve Seminary missions around the world. Years. Yep. Uh, when we first got together, I was not one with the Lord when we first started dating, tried to be, didn't work out, have nothing against the Lord. We're just, we just don't walk closely with him anymore. And, uh, you, you no longer serve for the people. I'll talk about that at a later time. I think it'd be a very interesting episode to kind of share more. And I feel bad because I laugh about it all the time. Like me, if anyone has been listening to any of these episodes, can you picture me being a pastor's wife? I signed up for it though. Well, I mean, you, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I, can't I was ready it, but, to head to Africa. But listen, I talk to people now and I tell them about it and they, they're surprised. There's like, if that was like, I, I just, there was no way of us sustaining a marriage. Cause I went into that completely changed everything about me to fit that role. And that quickly started unraveling once I got to North Carolina and felt completely unloved by a lot of people in your family. I never wanted that, but I also never felt like I had a way. I felt like I had to, but I never, ever wanted that. So once I found out you never wanted what? there was another way, I never wanted to do that stuff. I ne- I didn't want to be a pastor. I did not want I didn't, to. I did not know that though. I like, even right now yeah. that's news to me fat. Like, Fam, I I'm a safe fam, and I was I would say family, and then you just got jumbled. I had to pretend because there 
big consequences if I didn't if I didn't. Consequences from whom? Well, the Lord. <laughs> Our Lord and Savior but, Jesus know, my, Christ. I mean, honestly, I did experience some of those consequences because how many how many relationships did I have when we first got together that I didn't have a year later? Yeah. Well, and half the people told you, don't marry her. Not good. XAXA, read all about it. Which is fine, right? Like people are in, if, if I, if my friends don't want me to do something because they think it's bad, I would want them to tell me that, but it was I feel like they only thought it was bad because I wasn't a dedicated follower. It wasn't done with love. Like it wasn't done out of, hey, I care about you and I think you're about to make a mistake. Oh. You know, because if, and they would that's, have that's said, always hard for me to hear. That's always hard. Because I remember being devastated when you told me one of your friends was like, he's telling me to rethink this whole thing. I can tell you right now that it wasn't a mistake and I made the right decision. Hell yeah. Absolutely. I was right. You know, like it took a while to get at, to where we're good at now, but I don't but think it was, it was the a mistake. right decision. I made a lot of wrong decisions at that time of my life. Mm-hmm. You know better than anybody that I made a lot of stupid choices, but I made some right decisions too that really we wouldn't be where we are right now otherwise. And it's same for you. Like mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I'm solely responsible for why we're here. You made a lot of choices. Some of the choices you had to make were because of stupid choices that I made. But mm-hmm. if you didn't make the choices that you did, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. We'll, t- we'll talk about it on another episode. Um, yeah. But I just, I, I think about how we were talking about this morning. <laughs> Um, literally I was like 12, 13 years old and I gave out a phone number to the, to the landline for where I was babysitting and, um, Steven Stacy, if you ever listen to this, I'm very sorry to tell you, I did conversate with like a 40 year old across the country, gave him your phone number, not mine, because he's good. If he shows up at your house, well, you're fine. You're adult. You'll handle it. Um, <laughs> He rang the phone. I answered it. He said hello, and I promptly hung up and panicked because I'm like, they're going to see this on the phone bill. We had, we have had different experiences. Chat roulette, honey. But now you know what to look out for for when our kids start doing stupid shit like that because they're going to. I don't think they're going to have. Man, I don't wish our It'll kids had access to chat rooms, but man, chat rooms were lit. Unsafe. They are going to have predatory, but they were lit. I loved AIM. <laughs> They are going to have access to more chat rooms than we even imagine. BBL, TTYL, don't call, don't text. Be back at 545. Yeah. Got to eat dinner. Post away message. I love it. A world that I am not familiar with. You never had AIM? I had it for like three months because there was this girl that I liked that did not like me back. But... No. I would talk with her on there. I was I was like eleven. <laughs> was that your first love? No. Have you only ever had one other love? Well, I know we're getting off into tangents, and we're going to wrap this up here in a second. But we'll have, have you ever had an episode on it? There is only one other person that I could look back on and say that I had real love for them. But there are definitely people. Was that, that the one I that we were talking about last night? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, this has been Hey Babe. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love when they you end their episodes like 
You my boo. Um, thanks for coming on and doing this a second time. It has been recording the entire time. I don't know how I missed that the first time, but I'll do it again. Struggle. Tomorrow night. Struggle I'll do it again the next night. You say the word. Yeah, I have a guest coming on. I think I'm recording with her next week, maybe. Maybe the start of the following week, but um, I might need to have you on next week. I'm not sure yet. I'll let you know. I'll be here. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining this episode. Thanks for bearing with me. Sorry it's so late, but it did drop, or will be dropping here shortly. Until next time, thanks, bye. See you later. Bye.